the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. This being the last Sunday of the year, I would like to preach on the topic, reminding ourselves of what God has done for us. Reminding ourselves of what God has done for us. Christians should be the most optimistic people on planet Earth. In spite of all that is happening in our world today, natural disasters, financial crises, terrorist attacks, personal problems of one kind or another, there's no reason for a Christian to be depressed or feel hopeless when we serve a God who is in complete control of our lives. and was promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Even the staunchest of believers can sometimes lose sight of who God is in the midst of life's trials and tribulations. Martin Luther, the champion of the Reformation of the 16th century, was going through a period of depression when his wife, Katie, came up with a plan to get him out of his depression. One day she dressed in black and went around the house crying incontrollably. When Luther heard her crying, he rushed to her and asked, Kate, what's wrong? It's my Lord, Kate said between sobs. He's dead. Nonsense, Luther thundered. Our Lord isn't dead, he is risen, he is reigning. No, he is dead, Katie said. I assure you, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, Luther said. Why then, Katie asked, have you been moping around the last week as if Jesus were dead? I thought surely our Lord had died, judging from the way you were acting. From time to time, we act like God is dead, or at least act like the God we serve is impotent and incapable of taking care of his children and of his church. As a Christian, I have every right to be an optimist, Sure, life has its problems, its trials and its tribulations, and there will always be problems and challenges uh, living on 
planet Earth. The Christian life is not a pleasure cruise, far from it. Yet in spite of all that I encounter, I know that God is at work in my life and has given me the ability to handle any situation that may arise now and in the future. First Paul says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Some of you listening to me today may be wondering how you are going to make it in the new year. If you are a Christ follower, a Christian, a, a child of God, I want to remind you that God has been faithful to you in the past, and he will be faithful to you in the future. Regardless of what you have been through or what you will have to go through in the future, you can remain optimistic. To be optimistic about life, we need to keep reminding ourselves of who we are and what God has already done for us. Perhaps the best reminder of this is to be found in uh, the Paul's, in Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, particularly in chapter 1. Uh, verses 3 through 8 that was read for us earlier. And Paul says, first, that God has blessed us abundantly. God has blessed us abundantly. So listen to him in verse 3 of chapter 1. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. Now, this is not a prayer. Paul is not asking for blessings from God. He's not speaking about a coming day when we will be blessed. He's speaking about a present reality. It's an accomplished fact. Every blessing that is needed for spirit, soul, and body, every blessing that is needed for the past, the present, and the future, every blessing that is needed for salvation, for spiritual growth, and for service, and every blessing that is needed for time and eternity has already been provided for us who believe in Jesus Christ. The story is told of a woman who lived in a dilapidated shack. The woman lived like a pauper, collecting cans and sustaining herself on handouts. When she died, people went into her house, and to their amazement, they found it filled from floor to ceiling with bundles of newspaper. And within each page of the newspaper was a crisp $20 bill. She was wealthy, but she was not living in accordance with her wealth. And of course, we do the same thing. We live like paupers, either because we are not aware of the blessing God has already provided, or because of our unbelief. But Paul says, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Everything that we need to live like a child of God. Note that Paul is speaking here about spiritual blessings as opposed to physical blessings. These blessings are in the heavenly realms. Wait a minute, Pastor. Is that not talking about pie in the sky by and by? What do these heavenly blessings have to do with my life here and now? It has a great deal to do with 
or life here and now as believers. You see, if the blessings that God gives us are only physical, then you won't have them for long because life is so short. And sooner or later we have to move on. But not only that, as, as Peter tells us, that the earth is going to melt with fervent heat, and so everything will be burnt up. The things of this earth, no matter how precious and desirable, are only temporary. And sometimes it's difficult for us to recognize that uh, these things that we crave after and uh, we do so much uh, to get uh, are just temporary things. We can only hold on to them for a little while. But what we have been given by God is eternal. When the stars have grown cold and the galaxies have ceased their spinning, we will still possess the blessings God has given us. The Christian operates in two spheres, the human and the divine, the visible and the invisible. Physically, we are on the earth in a human body, but spiritually, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly sphere. And it is the heavenly sphere that provides the power and the direction for our lives here and now. Because a Christian is with Christ in the heavenly realm, there is immediate access to all the resources of the Father. We don't have to go through a secretary or administrative assistant when we call. We don't have to leave a voicemail. We have access to the Father's personal line, which is never busy. He says, call and I will answer. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse, and verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Answered prayer is one of the privileges of those who have been blessed with every spiritual blessing uh, in, in Christ. Having told us that we have every blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Jesus Christ, Paul goes on to give us the particulars in the remaining verses. Referring to the past, Paul says, number two, God has chosen us as his very own. God has chosen us as his very own. In Ephesians 1 and verse 4, Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And then in Romans 8, 29 and 30, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and he gave them right standing with himself. And he promised them his glory. You see, way, way back in eternity, before the world was created, before time began, God did something wonderful for us which we cannot fully understand. God determined to make us, who did not yet exist, his own children through the redeeming work of his son, Jesus Christ. He chose us as the recipients of his grace. It is beyond our finite understanding that an infinitely holy God, looking down the highway of time, 
should select sinners like you and me to be members of his divine family and to provide us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There was nothing about us that caused God to choose us, for we did not yet exist. The fact is, if we are Christians today, it is because God chose us in Christ before the world was created. Not only did he choose us, but he also made us heirs, his heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This means that every spiritual blessing that Christ possesses, we possess. Because Christ is eternal life, we have eternal life. Because Christ is righteous, we have been declared righteous because of his death on the cross. Because Christ is king, we shall reign with him. And because Christ is seated at the right hand of God, we are seated with him there in the heavenly realms. Because Christ is a holy one of God, we are declared holy in him. Do you see what this does for our identity as Christians? We are not afterthoughts in God's mind. We are not accidental members of his family. We have been specially selected by God to become members of his divine family. What a fantastic privilege for us. All of the blessings and benefits we enjoy as Christians come from the fact that we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. The point I'm trying to make is that God has a purpose or plan for your salvation and mine. Long before we were born, indeed before the world was created, and at the right moment in time, Jesus came to earth to execute that plan by dying on the cross so that we would become children of God. See, God's plan for his elect or his chosen ones will always come to pass. His timing is always perfect. If it is God's plan that you receive a particular blessing, no power on earth can prevent you from receiving it. God's purposes for your life and mine will be perfectly executed in his own time. As, the, as our slave ancestor said, no man can hinder him. Romans 8 and verse 38, uh, Paul says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Some of you know what this passage is talking about. By all calculations, you should not be here today in the position you are in doing the things that you're doing. Folk tried to put obstacles in your way. They tried to undermine you at every turn, but you still made it. God will not allow anybody to stand in the way of the blessings that he has determined for his children. Notice that God chose us for a reason that we might be holy and uh, without fault in his eyes. The will of God for us is absolute perfection. And one day we shall stand before him faultless and blameless, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He said, we shall be like Christ. That is the end goal of our salvation, that we become like Jesus Christ. 
But let us not forget that while we attain perfection only in the next world, it starts now in this world. God chose us in Christ. That is a past action. Now Paul moves from the past to the present and tells us, number three, that God has adopted us as his sons and daughters. Look at um, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. In the, the message paraphrase says, Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. And in the New Living Translation, it says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. You see, if God has chosen sinners to be holy and blameless, how does he bring that about? He does it through a change of family relationship we call adoption. There's a doctrine in the New Testament called the doctrine of adoption. But adoption is a legal process which involves leaving one family and joining another, leaving behind all that was involved in the first family and assuming the name, the characteristics, the resources and history of the second family. You see, we all belonged initially to the family of Adam. But when we invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Master of our lives and we were born again spiritually, an adoption took place. We were transferred into a new family, the family of God. Now, think of it this way. You once belonged to a family which had real problems, a dysfunctional family. Uh, There was lying and stealing and backbiting and gossiping and hatred of one another and every kind of evil that you can imagine. But one day a king came along and adopted you as his son or daughter and placed at your disposal all of the wealth and privileges belonging to his royal family. And the king said, my child, everything I have is yours. I want you to bear my name and represent me wherever you go. I want you to be like Christ. You are a joint heir with him of all that I have. This means that every mercy, every gift, every reward, every authority is ours. Paul, uh, in verse 6, speaks of God's glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. See, everything God does for us is because of his grace. So if God has forgiven you of your sin, if God has helped you to solve your problems, if God has blessed you with health and uh, a measure of success, if God has comforted you in times of sorrow, if God has lifted you out of despair or depression, if God has calmed you in the midst of a storm or healed you uh, of some sickness or disease or has opened for you doors of opportunity, it is not because you earned it or deserved it, but it is solely because of his marvelous grace and nothing else. Because of our adoption by God, he is now our father. We no longer have to fear him, for fear has been replaced by love. 
When we have a need, we can go to him and say as our ancestor did, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, or whither shall I go? See, God has blessed us. God has chosen us. God has adopted us. And finally, number four, God has redeemed us and forgiven us. God has redeemed us and forgiven us. In verse 7, the NIV says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And then the New Living Translation, He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his Son, and our sins are forgiven. See, redemption, that's what the Bible is all about. And that's what the life of our Lord was about. Jesus came to earth to die for us and to redeem us through his own blood. And it is through the blood of Jesus that we are redeemed from our sins, justified from our guilt. We become joint heirs with Jesus Christ, adopted into the family of God, clothed with his righteousness and privileged to draw near to God. The theme of the Old Testament and the New Testament is that Christ came into the world to die for our sins. There is a scarlet thread running through the entire Bible, from the shedding of the blood of an innocent animal in the Garden of Eden, to clothe the nakedness of Adam and Eve, to the book of Revelation where we see those who, are, who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The whole theme of the Bible is redemption. Our hymns speak of this. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am. Or that um, well-known hymn, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. See, forgiveness is possible and available only because God laid on Jesus all of our sins and took the punishment that was due us. And the wonderful news of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, not in your outline, is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you feel, ever feel unworthy? Do you ever feel like your life is meaningless? Do you ever feel so weighed down by the burdens of life that you just want to give up? Do you ever feel lost and lonely? So when you're feeling low and cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, remember who you are and what God has done for you. Remember that God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Remember that God chose you to be the recipient of his grace before the creation of the world. Remember that God adopted you into his divine family. And four, remember that God has redeemed you through the shed blood of his son Jesus Christ. And you are forgiven for your sins. If that does not make you feel special, if that does not make you feel blessed... 
If that doesn't give you hope in these difficult times, if that does not make you feel like praising God, then I don't know what else will. See, we can be optimistic about our life here and now in this world because faith in Christ can conquer all circumstances. Faith in Christ can destroy all doubts. Faith in Christ can defeat all discouragements, overcome all opposition, face all fears, stand all storms, claim all promises, endure all trials, because we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. Faith will receive what God gives, believe what God says, trust what God does, obey what God commands, Follow where God leads. And faith will answer when God calls. See, faith is not afraid to trust God. Regardless of one's circumstances, regardless of one's job situation, regardless of one's family situation, because faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617 617- Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.